Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of Anthony Joseph Podcast, AJ Podcast. And this episode, I made it specifically to enlighten you about the latest rules and regulation in the city. Today, I'm accompanied by my lawyer, Mr. Andres Hade, that I've been dealing with him for almost 18 months. And thank God and thank, thank him, we've been having a successful rate of 100%. Uh, from all of the cases and today he's here he's gonna be discussing with us all of the new stuff happening in the city that most of us we don't know about so first of all Andre thanks a lot for coming on the show Anthony thank you very much for having me here uh, such a pleasure and uh, as much as you've been useful in my life I would like to share you with my audience so people can be enlightened about everything happening in our city uh, first topic I wish to discuss it with you it's mainly about real estate yeah and uh, many common cases happening especially when it comes to the bounce checks yeah okay so uh, it's like I think they changed the law let's say three months ago but before that whenever someone had a bounce check immediately they will take it to the police station for them to register it and then after that uh, take it to the land department where the land department will notify the tenant that they have 30 days to replace the check or pay the money however they want to pay it or else the leasing will be void and they have to leave the apartment and pay the compensation Correct. nowadays uh, they changed the law about the checks. So first of all, can you let us know what are the changes? Okay, so basically, uh, as, as you mentioned, Anthony, there, recently there has been lots of changes within the law, not only in relation to checks, but in general. So in the last two years, we have seen a huge uh, changes in laws, basically new laws uh, uh, coming, and uh, even very important laws that have been also amended, like the agency law. And, uh, and others. Uh, I mean, in terms of the check, uh, also there has been, as you mentioned, a change in this one. Previously, the check has been used uh, predominantly in the UAE as a coercive measure. So basically, um, say in a, in a rent transaction, uh, a tenant would provide uh, 12 checks or three checks or whatever. And the landlord would use this in the event as a guarantee for him, in the event that the tenant, for example, failed to uh, fails to pay any of the installments, they would go to the police, and if the check, check bounced, they go to the police and they file a criminal case. Obviously, uh, if the tenant is put behind the bars, uh, it, it, it will put a lot of pressure on him to to settle to arrange the money, to arrange the from money. friend, yeah. from <laughs> exactly to borrow it, exactly, to whatever exactly. They want. Yeah, but I mean, nowadays the check is no longer. I mean, it's still in some. Some instances, it's still criminal. I mean, for example, if on purpose you forge your signature uh, or in any other instances, but uh, it is uh, more now a civil matter. So basically, what does that mean? So in case a check bounce, what you can do is go to the court and file for a payment order. And payment order is a expedited way to make a debtor pay his, his, his debt. So, for example, so instead of going to the police, you go. You can still use that check. You go to the court, 
and uh, civil court. Yeah, civil court. So okay. you have to first send him a five days notice. You uh, you tell him you have to pay within five days. If he doesn't, then you file for the payment order. The payment order is generally quick. The judge would take a decision within two three days, maximum five days, depending on the load. And once you have that judgment, yeah, you, you can start by enforcing it against the assets of the tenant, for example. So you, if, if he has an apartment, you can sell it in auction, if he has shares or a car, etc. So you can still use the check, but not in the same way of uh, we used to uh, do it previously. So what you're telling me, once this is implemented, the court can freeze everything under the name of the tenant, Correct. and then they will liquidate it in any way, like yeah. the auction, and then the person will get their money from that way. 100%. Great. Let's say the tenant doesn't have anything under their name except a mobile phone. Okay. <laughs> what can you do in that I case? mean, you can start with a mobile phone, yeah. but... <laughs> no, but, uh, I mean, basically, you can still... So, the, the search that will be done, of when you get the enforcement process, uh, a letter would be sent to the banks, to the central bank, uh, to the land department, uh, to the RTA to the DED to check if they have checked. So if all these authorities come back and say, well, there's nothing, ultimately, ultimately, you can request a travel ban and a, and potentially you can still ask for the person to be put in jail. But again, it's going to be a long shot. And so you can still get to putting the person behind the bars, but it's, 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 it's a longer process. Can we know what will be the costing and the time length for all of this to happen? And I'm asking you, for example, to see, like, if I have a bounce check of 50,000 dirhams yeah. and pursuing all of this yeah. will cost me 100, 150, it's not even worth it. And maybe this is what these tenants will gamble on by saying it's so much hassle, the landlord will not do it. Let me do it. So I'm just asking you to make a wider image and yeah. to see how we can avoid such thing. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, Anthony, sometimes, yeah, the legal cost can be a burden, especially if the amount is not big. I mean, 50,000, yeah, it's, it's not a big amount. Uh, the legal cost won't cost you that. I mean, you won't pay that much. Yeah. But I mean, for the checks, I think from memory, it's like uh, 5,000 dirham or so. And you need to know that the, the court costs are recoverable, the lawyer's costs are, uh, costs are not. So depending how, how expensive is your lawyer. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but if we're talking about a big amount, obviously, it, it, it would make perfect sense. So on that basis, I think before you get to the point where the check bounce and all that, I think at the onset of the transaction, it would be very important for the parties uh, at least to make like, you need to make a bare minimum of due diligence. I mean, if it's a commercial lease, obviously you need, and it's a company that you are uh, renting out for. You need to make, uh, you need to get that, obviously, trade license. You need to check. Uh, Expert copies of everyone yeah, involved exactly. in the transaction. And I mean, I don't see why not, for example, uh, they, they ask for uh, the uh, balance sheet or for the bank account of that company just bank to statement. say bank statement just to see how, how much money if they are uh, if, if they are solvent or not i mean if you are at the onset entering with someone who doesn't have the money the risk obviously is, is quite high 
So, I mean, this uh, obviously is for individuals at the same for the company. So it, it works for both. You need to do a proper due diligence on these two. Or we can save all of this by just asking for one check of a rental, paying the full year in advance and just like I save mean, all of this trouble. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the ideal scenario. I, that's, that, that's the ideal scenario. But also it depends. I mean, now the market is fantastic. But we... I mean, you've been here for 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 ages. For right? ten years, yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen all of the rest. You, you've seen. So in yeah. in 2012, 2013, 14. I mean, people were uh, were were very happy to have 12, 12 checks. Now the the market's great. So yeah, and I mean another uh, another suggestion maybe it's it's maybe it's time to have a kind of. Um, a referral list or referral registry whereby you have like a rating for the landlords and tenants. I mean, uh, it's, it, it can easily be set up maybe with the land department and it's somewhere where you can search if that person uh, has credibility or not. Whether it's, it's an amazing company. idea and for the land department, if anyone is listening to this podcast, it's a great suggestion. It's like having a credit score where you can... Yeah. Well, like this person, yeah, he can afford this property. He has been having multiple years of great records, so you should lease him. And same way goes for the landlords. Like if the landlord usually does his lease and never refund back the security deposit, yeah. when all of this takes, so at least if you are signing a lease with this landlord, you can expect not to see your security deposit again. So yeah, I think it's an amazing idea. I mean, I have many examples, but I mean, I have like a, one of the examples whereby the landlord, on the day he signed with the tenant, he sent the 12 months notice to, to his tenant. I mean, this year it happened, not yeah. one it happened over 40, 50 times. Yeah, everyone was doing it. Yeah, so on the day you signed, you sent the 12 months notice. So obviously, if you have that, uh, that would be for, for new coming tenants, Maybe it might be a bit difficult to have the history, but for people who have been here for many years, uh, you can at least ask their landlord, for example, if you are a landlord that you want to get into an agreement with a new tenant, you can ask his previous landlord to provide a, a recommendation letter, for example, and see if they are able to provide that. I mean, if they don't, I mean, it's, it's obvious. Yeah, that's, that's the issue. It's like... Uh because like the the tenants and the landlords are not connected most of the time they are connected through an agent Correct. and most of the time once the agent signs the two three copies give them the keys the access card mainly they're not there anymore so yeah having uh, as you said like a way where they can all rate each other and it gives a great indication on what's coming so just to recap it if you are a landlord in dubai and you want to secure yourself from the bounce check and you don't want to pursue it and you don't want to go to through all of that chase all what you need to do is ask for one check as an option number one so you can save all of this in the case that your tenants cannot do it make sure to ask for a bank statement because once you have the bank statement is showing the money yeah. and then later on these checks are bouncing it's a proof for yourself that you can use it later on whether it was the police or yeah. with the court so this is uh, something extremely important i emphasize on all of the landlords to start doing these methods because it will save you a lot of headache and it will save you lots of money i want to speaking of tenants and leases so now coming back for the eviction notice yeah i'm a landlord mm -hmm. i have a tenant i've already sent them 12 months notice then I sold the property yeah. to Mr. X. Mr. X 
has to file again for a 12 months notice. It's okay. been happening in the past few months, which was extremely surprising for me. Because usually once you have the notice, 12 months you're out. So now they are recounting it from the latest landlord that the latest landlord has to file again the 12 months notice. Okay, on, on, on this one, uh, Anthony, I think it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's a gray area, but I think the, the, the practice previously was for, uh, that, that, what you mentioned was the previous practice, in, in which that uh, the landlord would serve 12 months notice, he would ask the uh, tenant he wants to uh, vacate the property, either for his personal use or if he wants to sell it. Yeah, that's the most common, Article 25. Uh, but more recently, and we've seen some new uh, change in the court decisions, whereby they are accepting the assignment of that. So if you are a previous landlord, you send, or the current landlord, and, and you serve the 12 months notice, and there's been a sale of that property within the terms of the 12, month, uh, 12 months notice, the new landlord, according to the current decisions of the uh, rent committee, they are accepting that the 12 months notice continues. So there's an assignment. From the previous one. From the previous one. And it doesn't happen in our case. I've done lots of secondary and uh, we all had to file again for a 12 months notice. Even in one case, I had the tenant like uh, abusing the situation by telling us he wants the full rent and yeah. he wants another 15% compensation to leave the apartment or he's going to stay another year. <laughs> and actually, he put us on the spot where how we had about, no other How about you transfer the property into his name? That would be uh, Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I remember we paid him 280 which was the rent, and we paid him, I don't know, another when, when, 50 when, when did this happen? If uh, I can ask, like, yeah. Second week of Jan. Okay, that's quite recent, okay. Yeah. Okay, because I mean, uh, I'm talking about precedents that uh, in the months of September or so, this is where, and, and this is where I'm saying it's, okay, there's something that we need to know about the courts in general and the system in the UAE. So basically, basically it's a civil jurisdiction law, yeah? Meaning that, uh, as opposed to the common law, that, and uh, I know that there are a lot of experts here from the, from the UK or Australia, uh, the decisions of a higher court in the civil jurisdiction law is not binding. So if you have previously, so in the common law, if you have a decision from a higher court, now if a new court uh, or a lower court is uh, deciding on a matter that has similarity uh, of facts to the previous one, they have to abide by the decision of the previous uh, precedent. However, in the civil courts, Every time the court look into a decision, they look at it as afresh. So the decision of uh, higher court is persuasive, but it's not binding. So that's the dif difference. That's why even if you uh, have very similar cases, you can see before the courts in the UAE that sometimes the outcome can be different. So that's why I'm saying, to go back to your point that you said that uh, in your case, it was not assigned, and you ha the court said that you have to serve a new 12 months notice. Yeah, maybe one court could take this decision, but a, a different chamber could could decide differently. You know, it's kind of a bit of confusing. Like we have so many courts. We have civil, 
We have Criminal, we yeah. have the IFC, <laughs> we have uh, ADMG, ADGM, ADGM, and what else? We have, we have five, six courses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, the, as, as you know, the UAE is a federal country, yeah? So uh, so you have so seven, seven emirates. So you have the uh, laws that at a federal law that is applicable across uh, the entire emirates. Uh, so that would be like for the, as you mentioned, criminal uh, law. The civil code, the civil transaction, yeah, these are considered as federal laws. And then on a local level, you have some local laws. For example, the uh, real estate laws, yeah, the uh, rent law. These are done at the, at the local. So uh, Dubai have one, Abu Dhabi has one, uh, Ras al Khaimah, etc. So each of them, they have these their own. And you're telling me it differs from a state to another? It can differ, yeah, yeah, it can differ, definitely okay. it can differ. I mean, there are lots of uh, similarities, but yeah, they can differ. And let's, that's why... Let's simplify it, if yeah. we can do that. Yeah. What's the difference between civil and criminal? First of all, the easiest <laughs> question, and most people don't know it, yeah. including myself, to be fair. Okay. I know that the difference and the amount can be moved to a criminal, but I no, don't... No, 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 it's not about the amount. It can be in billions of dirhams okay. and in civil, and it can be one dirham and can be in the criminal. So the only difference is, so you have the civil code, or yes, I mean civil code is the civil, the, the civil laws and the criminal laws, yeah? So if an act that you do falls under the criminal law, this is when you go to the criminal court. So for example, if they are theft, yeah, or uh, breach of trust, or uh, like, uh, uh, I mean, uh, murder, for example, okay. yeah? yeah? So this is where you go, or previously bounce check. The Previously, the checks were under the criminal code. That's why you go to the police, and yeah? It got moved to civil recently. Correct. Yeah. And uh, currently, or, or uh, as opposed to the civil civil matters, for example, if you're talking about the employment law between employer-employee, that's civil code. Commercial transactions, so uh, you sold a car, uh, they didn't pay you, etc. Shareholder dispute, like you uh, have a company, you have corporate, yeah, corporate, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. This is where you go. And... Okay, I don't want to overcomplicate it, but even under the civil, it, it has different uh, courts. So you have the employment for the relation between the employer and employee problems. You have the commercial for commercial disputes. Uh, you have the civil for the civil disputes. So, and you, so on. you're not going to complicate it. It's complicated already. <laughs> don't worry about it. And add, add to that, add to that. Uh, okay, I mean, just a note, and you mentioned the DIFC and the DGM, and the importance uh, about this and the interplay, actually, between these uh, courts and the UAE courts, uh, the DIFC and the ADGM, they apply the common law, yeah? So, uh, but they, they are considered as UAE law, but as opposed to the UAE courts that apply the civil law, the DIFC and the DGM apply uh, their it's following own laws. The British laws, right? Say again? It's following the British laws. Yes. Okay. If you want, yeah. yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, like the IFC, you can consider it as its own separate entity. And knowing people inside, they always tell me, like, whatever laws are implemented in this city, in here it differs. There is so many stuff in here, like, it's totally different. They have different laws. They even told me, like, if you do a handshake over there, that's a contract. 
I mean, a handshake is everywhere as a contract. No, I but mean, they said in the IFC <laughs> specifically, if you do the handshake, means like it's the same as you have signed the contract. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know about this one, but uh, but yeah. Uh, but even if you are not based in the DIFC, the parties can choose to uh, go before the DIFC. So this is an option left. So if the parties, even if you are not, so the DIFC laws basically are, are applicable within the entities that are at the DIFC, yeah? However, now, if you, if the parties approve, like, and this is something quite important when you are drafting the agreement and to choose the proper jurisdiction that you want, yeah? And it all depends on many factors, but one of them is, um, for example, where are the, the assets of the opponent party? So if the assets of the opponent party are within the DIFC, you can, choose the DIFC courts to, to look into this decision. Or, for example, if the assets of that entity or other entity are in the UK, maybe you can choose also the DIFC because it's easier to enforce a decision of the DIFC in, in the UK. As opposed to if the assets of the person or opponent party are onshore, yeah, or in the UAE, it would be better to choose uh, Abu Dhabi courts or uh, Dubai courts. Right, Andre, let's go to a different topic. Um, I want to speak about uh, how to say it: hate speech, yeah, uh, offending words, yeah, cursing, all of the stuff. Now, in the world, it's very uh, normal to send someone an f you or, yeah. or, or to do such thing. And here in the city, it's a total different game. Yeah. So first of all, can you explain to us the law, yeah. how it goes, and then what will be uh, the cases of violation, what yeah. can happen to someone? Okay, I think uh, that's quite important topic, Anthony. And it's, uh, I, th I think that's the, uh, the, legisl the legislator, when they put that law, uh, it's a policy of the country. So the UAE wanted to put themselves as a model uh, of tolerance. I mean, although the law is called hatred, uh, anti-hatred law, but it has been put in place as a model for tolerance. So basically, the UAE wanted to show everyone else in the world that a country can be, or people can live within the same country and uh, have tolerance to each other. And that's why uh, the, um, the fines and the punishment under that law are quite severe. So, and that law covers many aspects. So, if you attack my race, color, religion, gender, etc., you are subject to this one. And there's a reason why they put it, as, as I said, because the UAE and Dubai in, in particular, I mean, look into your working space, at, at least there are 20 nationalities working, maybe more, maybe 70, yeah. yeah. I worked in a, in a big law. I think we were at one stage 100, uh, 100 uh, different nationalities. So it's not easy to be in such an environment and, we, we, and people coming from different backgrounds, all that. So that's why I think it was a strong message uh, from the legislator that people have to live together in, in, in harmony. Now, what you mentioned is what could be considered in different countries as acceptable when people send messages or uh, WhatsApp and they insult each other, say F word or that. 
here, if you receive such a thing, obviously uh, this can be considered, I mean, that can be a slander, insult under the penal code. In addition to that, if they mention anything under, like when they send you the message because uh, they mentioned your nationality, yeah, or they mentioned your race, that would be uh, even worse. And uh, the police and the public prosecutors here are dealing with it, when, and, the, and the criminal courts, obviously, in a very, very uh, strong way. And as I said, it's a message for, it's not just to prevent people from doing it, but also to create a more harmonious uh, environment. What's the penalty for it? It can, it, it, uh, the fines can get into millions. Okay. Yeah. Starting? Uh, I, I don't know the, uh, the, the minimum, but I think 100,000 or so, and get, get, gets into millions. Okay. Yeah. And uh, imprisonment from six months up to, it can get to five years. So imprisonment plus payment? It can be either fine okay. or imprisonment or both. Okay. Or uh, it can be extradition. I mean, it can go that far. To go both, maybe it has to be a nice paragraph. <laughs> to go that I drafted on ChatGPT. <laughs> um, Andre, does it have to be written for a proof? Or you can say, I got a phone call from this person and he said, let's say, one, two, three. How can someone prove this? Does he have to go back to their operator? For example, let's say they're using Etisalat. They need to call Etisalat and say, I got a phone call five minutes ago and I need a recording. Can this be doable? I mean, it, it all depends. Uh, in, in general, in law, it's all about proofs. Yeah? Okay. So if, if you have... Um, if you don't have a proof or you don't have the right, it's, it's the same thing. So you need to have a proof. So obviously it would be very difficult. It's very difficult when it's verbal, yeah? When someone's sending, because it will be your word again. He should, he should. Yeah. And it's quite difficult to get the data for, like, uh, it's difficult to go, for example, to Salah do and say, give yeah. me. It's because not anyone can ac 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 have access to this. It can only be done through the, the public prosecutor. And only the public prosecutor can ask for, for these data. And they don't release it usually. So that's why if it's done um, verbally, it's quite difficult. Obviously, if you have a text or so. I mean, sometimes what they do, you know, that uh, they have what they call uh, phantom, phantom mode. Phantom mode. So like, for okay. example, you sent uh, on uh, Instagram, WhatsApp, or whatever, it stays. I mean, the minute you read it, 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 it Yeah, vanishes. the one times. So ah, one time, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so also, there is disappearing messages. Disappearing message, yeah. 24 hours. So in this case, if you can take a screenshot, that would be the best way of doing it, to, to, to keep proof of it. Okay, but, but you encourage anyone going through that, that they should report it immediately because the, the government, the country, the city are taking this very seriously. Yeah, definitely, right? definitely. Right. And sometimes it can it can get really severe. I mean, sometimes it can get one time. But I mean, I know for a fact from clients that they receive these messages in, in different contexts. It's not just about uh, insulting someone, but also it can get in, uh, in employer-employee harassment and all this. So definitely, it needs lots of courage sometimes to do it. But yeah, you need to report it. Andre, for someone looking to pursue a career in the law uh, enforcement, yeah, and like what? What do you feel will be the right criteria in the coming years? Like now we're seeing with all of the technology, AI yeah. stuff, scams. Yeah. it's becoming crazy. What would you advise someone to go into which category of the law? 
Very interesting question, Anthony. Uh, and frankly, this has been the, the, there have been lots of debates on how much uh, the AI is going to take the place of lawyers. Uh, but I think it's it's still early on to see that uh, lawyers will be overtaken by AI. So on that basis, if anyone is considering uh, a career uh, in law, definitely I think there are still lots of opportunity. And one of them would be, for example, AI itself. Yeah. Uh, now you have uh, like the law of the space. Uh, as you know, for example, the UAE has a big pro uh, program for space. Not only the UAE, I mean many countries. And this is a big thing that's, that is happening now. Uh, entertainment law, also it's becoming big. Uh, when we say entertainment law, it's not just music, but I mean this falls also like, for example, e-gaming, which also a huge industry now. Uh, we know Saudi, for example, they are investing a lot in e-gaming, either uh, e even here uh, they are doing that. So uh, definitely law is here to stay for a while uh, before we can see uh, this industry being replaced by machine or, or anything like that. So uh, if someone is considering, definitely. Uh, I, I would obviously... Um, move away from the traditional law, like uh, we will continue to have the corporate law, the, say again. Like the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> the divorce will be there forever. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I would move away from the uh, like corporate law, criminal law, although people will still need them. But I think the competition is quite high. You need to be, you need to distinction yourself nowadays, especially for a new generation that they are coming now. Uh, they really need to choose properly what they want. And frankly, uh, I would also suggest and recommend them they follow their passion. So if you're a musician and you know how to play drums, yeah, do like law and entertainment law. Uh, so you can combine these two. So you'll have the technical part and you'll have the uh, legal part. And uh, you, you'd be in, in, in high demand, definitely. I have no interest of becoming a lawyer. <laughs> that would ask you a question. Yet. Uh, it's just like if I ask the same question to three different lawyers, yeah. I would get three different answers. And they're not even close but to each you, other. You know what they say, you have two lawyers in a room, you have three opinions. Yeah. So, yeah, with two lawyers, you have three opinions. So with three lawyers, it's, it's even... <laughs> it's going to be six. So, and I was lucky to end up on your lap where you actually saved me from all of the thank cases you, that was going through all that. of my clients. And thank God we finished all of this. So my question is, today, if I want to know the law by myself, yeah. I want to read it, I want to yeah. spend hours on it, yeah. where can I find the laws? I don't want to see it on Loving Dubai. I don't want to see it on the Arabian business or the Gulf news or all of this. I need to follow the special entity which is in charge of this yeah. and get the right information from them. Yeah. How can I do it? Okay, you have several sources which basically we use as well. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you saw recently Sheikh Mohammed, uh, he launched a portal 
whereby all the laws of the UAE are there. Yeah, so basically... You anyone can, can has access to it. Anyone can have. Okay. I can send you the link if you want. Please, and, and we're going to put it down in the description for anyone that has any questions or want to go exactly. through it. Exactly. So you can go and you can found, uh, find the laws. And uh, I mean, it would be difficult to find, uh, like, you, you need to do some search. Yeah, it's not obvious where you find the law because obviously, for example, if you're looking for... Uh, the civil code, yeah, you have to go under, for example, the Ministry of Justice. This is where you find it. If you're looking for something in agriculture, you need to go under the ministry. So these are the open one, uh, open sources one. Uh, you have the uh, the courts. Um, also, the courts, they have their own websites. I mean, usually this is, uh, I don't know how much it's open to public. Obviously, for lawyers, you have access to it for uh, for law firms, you can register and you can, on this, you can get the laws and you can get the court precedents. And also you have... There is no book or digital book or something. Or, or you have you have softwares. I mean, I, I don't want to do a publicity here, but you have, for example, Sadelex. Uh, it's very interesting uh, uh, software that you can uh, purchase and, uh, I mean, we use it uh, and... Uh, you have all the laws, it's updated regularly and all that, fantastic one. You have the others like uh, LexisNexis, it's in English and all this. So you have both. You have the open sources where you can go and check uh, online. And frankly, you need to be careful with what they, I mean, you mentioned uh, uh, some sites, but, but obviously, uh, I mean, when you are looking at the law, you need to ensure the source of that law. Go, because it gets amended yeah so you need to know that you are looking at the last version of that law, last amendments yeah it's just like i don't have any issues following uh, the news the news article yeah, 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 yeah. stuff but again the way stuff are being drafted over there it varies from a topic to another okay so one day you can read for example uh, this is allowed and Another yeah. day it says it's not allowed, and it's kind of very confusing for, for us to, to know what to follow. Like, for example, until date, I couldn't get an answer yeah. of what are the new updates of the Golden Visa. Yeah. It's amazing. You guys said that we have waived the 1 million dirham in order for you to apply for it. Then you're saying a property has to be ready of 50% completed. Yeah. If it's ready of 50% completed, means you have paid from it at least 30-40%. So you have paid the 1 million. Yeah. Some people will tell you if you're looking for a 10 years visa, yeah. you are locked. Mm. That property is locked for a 10 years. In the case that you want to sell it, you will lose your visa yeah. immediately. So until today, we couldn't get the actual answer because everyone has a different answer. Today, as a civilian, mm. where can I go on what website or what entity and say, hi, I would like to know the actual more information about yes. this? Okay, I mean, uh, you, you touch on a very important uh, point, uh, Anthony. So, yeah, sometimes you have the laws, but also sometimes you have, the law would say that there'll be directives that will be issued. And the directives will be issued at the level maybe of the ministry, or uh, or at the land department level, etc. Yeah, so it doesn't mean that uh, the law can cover everything. The, usually, the laws are quite general. I mean, you cannot go into the details of every single point. But for example, in terms of visas, who can issue them? It would be, for example, the immigration. 
who later on would issue directives on who can get the 10 years visa, etc. Mm-hmm. And this is where it doesn't, so it won't be issued at the same time where the law it will be. I mean, sometimes I will, I will give an example. There of will the be announcement and announce. then there will be the execution. Correct. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, always yeah. happens. So sometimes it takes a year, yeah, yeah, a year yeah. and they have to get that directive. So, yeah. uh, I mean, meanwhile, obviously you need to check with the ministry. It depends on, on the topic that you're looking at or the immigration, etc., to get the, the right answer. If you are not able to find it on in, in the laws. Yeah, like we have lots of questions and uh, again, now these questions are not for lawyers, they are for uh, auditors. Yeah. Okay, like, and it's super confusing now coming with the corporate tax. Yeah. Corporate tax was announced yeah. last year. Then we got that starting June yeah. 2023 yeah. to start registering. Correct. Some company did, some company didn't. Yes. Now, if I bring five audit companies, Okay, I will have 25 answers. <laughs> One guy will tell me you should register. The other guy will tell me, no, you register yeah, in you 2024. Register. It's after six months. Another guy will tell me, let me check for you. And I don't have any clear answer. I register just to be on the safe side, not knowing if I have to or not. But we did it. And that's what I'm telling you. Like We are facing issues of getting the right actual information best to us to know how to act on it. Yeah. Let me go back to the, you remember when they started the AML? Yeah. That we have to do all, for example, okay, what do you have to do? We have to do KYCs, amazing, we did KYCs. Then after that, no, you need to get the source of the funds. Yeah. Like we're just brokers, we're not yeah. lawyers, we're not solicitors. Yeah. Like, what, how can I get the source of fund if my client is coming from Germany and doing a bank transfer? How can I contact his bank and tell this amount inside of the bank? Where did it come from? So it was always a vague area until eventually we have hired people yeah. to be doing this. And between you and me, I still don't know until today if they are doing the perfect job or not. Because I don't know the law. Yeah. I just hear about it, yeah. that we need to do one, two, three, but we don't have like a proper draft where we know, okay, this is like one, two, three, four, up until 10. You know what I mean? This is what I'm trying to tell I'm, you. Like, <laughs> we need to get the information, which is the law, which is coming straight away from the government, yeah. not from a guy who's going to do a work for me for 20,000 dirhams. I need to get it from the main source. Yeah. I mean, I understand your frustration, but uh, again, Anthony, we are in a society and in a jurisdiction that is quite dynamic. And uh, as we said, lots of law are ca- coming to, for uh, coming into uh, effect. And you mentioned a few of them, which is the, for example, the tax uh, and others. So on that basis, you also answered the question. I think you need to uh, get to the professionals in order to give you this. Now, in terms of the laws, as I mentioned. Uh, the laws are there, sometimes even for the tax. So the tax, when it was issued, there was also directives that followed. Yeah. So, so sometimes we need to be patient, maybe a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, of course. And until and uh, until yeah. we get fined. Until we, we get fined. Until we get the fine. <laughs> and then you come to the lawyer to ask him to remove the fine. So, uh, so what you're saying, in order for us to get the right sources of information yeah. of the laws, is yeah. gonna either be the ministry. Or there's few websites which are going to be sharing yes. with us where we can get the concrete information. Correct. Okay. So these are the most updated. As, as I mentioned, the, the one that uh, Sheikh Mohammed announced recently on, on, his, uh, uh, on Twitter. 
Yeah, I, we, I can share with you. And, as a, and also they are specialized companies. They do softwares. And also I mentioned a few of them. So also I'm more than happy to share with you the names of these companies. And uh, these companies are specialized in updating the law. Uh, and by updating the law, so there is an official gazette. Official gazette is where the government publish the uh, laws. So once they are published in the official gazette, this is when they load it. So because you see on websites sometimes drafts, etc. These are not laws. It has to be published in the official gazette. And it says effective that date, uh, March 2024, this law will enter into effect. This is when you have to rely on it. I'm going to go through it one by one. And what I'm going to do for any section that I don't understand, yeah. I'm going to put a mark on it. I'm going to invite you again to come to the podcast, but we can going to be discussing this one by one. Is that okay with you? It would be more than a pleasure for me. Amazing. I, I, will, I will end this episode with my final question, which is also a very big worry to all of the corporate company, everything dealing in here, just like the fines that are coming from the AML for not yeah. providing the full document. Yeah. Can you give us an example of big corporate that happened in the city and maybe if it was like a minor issue that ended up to becoming a major issue and how can all of the business owners avoid these kind of mistakes i mean we have thousands and thousands of cases yeah. but just like if you remember one yeah 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 i mean obviously now the regulation is uh, quite strict in 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 that some industries like real estate companies auditors lawyers and and others have to abide by laws of the Ministry of Economy. Yeah? So, uh, so these companies have, for example, to register with the MLGO. They have to do pre proper KYC. They have to, and by proper KYC, you need to have the relevant softwares uh, whereby you are able to do uh, background checks about the persons that you that are dealing with. That is the word check uh, website. We yeah. use this for all. So you just like put the name of the person Correct. and if that person has ever been flagged, yes. it will give you a notice or it says no, no record found. Correct. I mean, yeah. there are different categories. You have the PAP if it's politically exposed uh, or if they are bad media. Uh, and depending on the category under which they fall under, they, you have to do enhanced uh KYC, yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously, in order to avoid being fined, you need to have these. And uh, as a matter of fact, the Ministry of Economy is scrutinizing lots of companies, and we're seeing a lot of uh, companies being fined for, for different reasons, and uh, sometimes for not being able to do proper uh, KYC, not, to, uh, not doing uh, proper background check about people or if they are politically exposed, they haven't digged further about those people. So that, that's, that's quite important. And uh, I mean, but this is at the same time comforting because uh, it means that the market is more mature and it's, it's good for investors to, to be able to operate in a place where they feel safe uh, and uh, dealing with companies that are... Uh, doing proper governance. I agree. So it, it has been, first of all, when it came, we, we thought it's going to be too hard yeah. to be dealing deals. And uh, like, for example, I was even shy to ask someone, like, what's the source of the fund? Especially if he's yeah. elderly, I'm like, 
who am I to ask this person? But with time, I, it's just I, I, like, I think I think here it's kind of sometimes it's difficult to ask this question. But I mean, the, this question is very legitimate. I keep it very uh, simple. Uh, everywhere like, this else is in the, the world. requirement from yeah. the land department exactly. and from exactly. the government for you to purchase a yeah. unit. When it comes to me, I have zero interest knowing anything about you except doing the deal. But this is the requirement. Yeah. Therefore, we have to do it or else we cannot do it. So it's all up to you. I make sure that the, the client knows the, the paperwork at least the and, first and, and frankly, it's not worth taking any risks when yeah. it comes to the source of funds or, I mean, irrespective of which, uh, in which industry you are, unless you are 100% sure that the money that you're getting is clean and from proper sources, it's not... And the way they have done it for real estate, it's becoming tighter. Like now, the only cash you can pay is up to 40 or 45,000 yeah. dirhams maximum. Yeah. That's what the developer are accepting. Correct. The law says 55,000, yeah. but the developers will accept 40, yeah. 45,000 cash yeah. everything else has to be through a credit card wire transfer or a check so the money is coming from the bank and definitely the bank has done the due diligence yeah, of the source obviously. of the money so which is save us a lot yeah yeah, yeah definitely that's uh, i mean that's the best way to do it that's Andre, the best practice thanks a lot for this Anthony, uh, thank amazing you. information i'm sure the audience will be uh, loving to hear it and I'm going to take the links from you to have a look of the laws I'm going to study it I'm going to read it prepare for it and definitely within two three weeks we're going to have Andre back on the show to be answering all of this and if you guys have any questions for Andre feel free to drop it down in the comment section and I'm going to make sure on the next episode we're going to be answering all of your questions if you like this episode, you would like us to grow with the channel, all what you need to do is subscribe and notify the bell. Thanks a lot for watching this. See you in the next one.